Ah, uh, no, that's all I do is just poke at the new, the new cool hip tech. So cool, we'll balance each other nicely, or something useful at the time. I'll find it. <laughs> I know, useful. I know how to say good stuff, but oh, I should record. One second. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I called it though, so yay me. <laughs> you did a plus ten points to Gryffindor. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of The Bike Shed, a weekly podcast from your friends at ThoughtBot about developing great software. I'm Chris Toomey. And I'm Steph Gary. And together we're here to share a bit of what we've learned along the way. So Steph, how's your week going? It's been a fun week. So we are currently celebrating ThoughtBot Summit, uh, which is our end of the year event. And being a remote event has also made it interesting with all the activities that we have going on. So today we had a murder mystery that we all hopped into a Zoom call for and participated in. So it's been a pretty fun day. And you survived. So that's a win. Yes, that's true. So my character survived. Well, actually, all the characters survived. Uh, we were brought into a scenario where someone else was murdered. And then we had to collectively solve the murder and figure out who the killer was amongst us. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of dramatization. And the folks that ran the murder mystery for us did a wonderful job. But in other news, it's almost the end of 2020. Uh, we're like a week away from when it's going to be we're going to be able to look back and close the book on the year of 2020, which has a lot of complicated feelings to go along with it. But in our true fashion, you and I are going to focus on the more positive sort of like tech trends that we've experienced this year and review the top 10 list that we had last year and then create a new top 10 list for this year. Yeah, it's very exciting. This is the first year where we can actually do a retrospective on the previous year, like looking at last year's list. So yes, to kick us off. So episode 226 is the episode from last year where we did our top 10 list. And uh, I happened to re-listen to it, which is absolutely a delightful episode. Tom stitched in a number of different blooper segments, which were really fun to listen to. And then to hear our thoughts on different technologies and practices and workflows and things like that was also great, but mostly the bloopers, if we're being honest. Bicycle, bicycle. Okay. All right. Thank you for patience. I, I'm ready. I'm sorry. What? I'm ready. Are you sure? Ready for something. Mm. Ready for more tea. Yes. Nope. Say something better. <laughs> I thought you were like, nope. I still have concerns. <laughs> like, okay, that's cool too. Just have to converse like humans. Yeah, and then we do both don't have to pull this up. Why did I pull it up every time? All I had to do was say, I'm Steph, but I still pulled it up. <laughs> That's a different conversation and concern. That <laughs> was just about me, not about you. Okay. My nose itched for a second, and so I was working through that. You were doing great. <laughs> now, now I'm recording, and I see yeah. all of the golden paths that I would expect to. It's on you to catch all this nonsense. Now, I'm not there to subtly hit the, hit the record button. That's a good point. Steph already put that Steph's in charge. That's Steph. She's always so good. Um, <laughs> and humble. <laughs> so humble. In fact, if you were feeling really fancy and like to live dangerously, you could just make your recording folder the Dropbox folder so that as soon as you hit stopped recording, it nope. was immediately sent there. <laughs> don't don't trust those Jamokers. Don't believe in it. That's Kyle Chris's middle name. <laughs> feeling fancy and dangerous. <laughs> 
I was uh, in a friend's wedding party and myself and then the bridesmaid that I was paired up with when we had to enter everybody like got their own song and without any consultation they were like you two will be entering to Iggy Azalea's Fancy because obviously and I was like alright cool I guess I can't I'm not gonna fight that that feels true but did you have to dance for this intro oh most assuredly uh, All right. Well, you two have a good episode. I am going to go search YouTube for Fancy Boy Wedding Party and, <laughs> and share your findings. Yeah, Bye. obviously. Bye. Bye. But starting at the top, the very first pick on our top 10 list, your lead out item was mechanical keyboards. Specifically, you mentioned Ergodox. So I'm wondering, where are those at in your world these days? Yeah, this is fun revisiting our list from last year because I'm recalling what's now on that list. And I'm like, oh, yeah, how did that go? <laughs> Mechanical keyboards, still absolutely love them. Ergodoc specifically, I have to admit, I gave up on it. I was very excited. I love the idea of it. I still have it. I'm debating as to whether I'm going to give it another go in 2021 or if I'm just going to move on and sell it. So mechanical keyboards still in Ergodocs at the moment. It's out. Yeah, I'm on a very similar track. I've got my Leopold, uh, which I had two of. I'm still enjoying that. It's the FC750R is the keyboard that I'm working with, with blue and gray caps. Cherry MX Browns, it's delightful. I tried the Keyboardio Atreus, which has a slightly like column split layout sort of thing. And uh, yeah, no, it just didn't stick either. So a very regular keyboard that just happens to have clicky switches turns out to be a perfect spot for me to land at. So thank you for taking me on this mechanical keyboard adventure, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> it's uh, been quite an adventure. I am really curious because I know the reasons that the split format didn't work for me. I just felt like it was too much of a learning curve. And so part of me thinks that I just wasn't ready for it in terms of like, I still like the idea of it, but I just couldn't commit to it. And it was slowing me down when I already had enough newness in my life. So I think that's the reason I've pushed it to the side until later. I'm curious what made you decide to move away from it? Why didn't it stick for you? I like that your framing of why it didn't work out is sort of the opposite of a poor craftsman blames their tools. You're the like fine craftsman that is blaming themselves. I, if we're being honest, just never really tried. Uh, I got it. I poked at it for a little while. I connected it and I just tried it out and I was like, this is very different. And it never made it onto my to-do list for any given day to spend the time to put it. Like, it's basically the same thing. It felt like it would have been a bunch of effort and I'm really happy with the keyboard that I have. So... I just, I don't know. I wasn't pushed towards it. Uh, I still have it. It's around. It might be a thing that I pick up at some point, but just didn't cross that effort gap, I guess. Yeah, totally fair. I'm there with you. All right. So on your list, uh, you had reinvesting in Vim. Where do we stand with that one? Yeah, Vim's great. I like Vim a lot. Uh, continue to use it. Continue to be happy with the progress that Vim is making on the like language server, fancy TypeScript, fancy Svelts, et cetera, et cetera. It's still not great. It's still way behind other things, but I am hopelessly devoted to Vim and it has been good is my summary. Hopelessly devoted, I think, is the best description I've heard for Vim. <laughs> it's uh, me at the end of the movie Grease, but Vim is the other character. So here we are. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, Scout APM. Scout APM is quickly becoming my go-to performance monitoring tool for Rails apps. I love opening it up to see a prioritized list of issues that I can quickly knock out before end users ever see them. With the weekly digest and alerts, I can rest easy knowing that Scout will let me know if issues arise. Ultimately, Scout APM empowers developers to spend more time building great products by minimizing the effort required to identify and resolve performance issues. Scout's developer-centric approach quickly pinpoints N plus one queries, memory bloat, and other abnormalities. Their tracing logic saves me a ton of time by tying bottlenecks back to the line of code causing the issue. 
Give Scout a try for free today, and you'll have the performance insights you've been dreaming of within four minutes. Sign up through scoutapm.com slash bike shed, and Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy. So give it a try, and thanks again to Scout for sponsoring this episode of the Bike Shed. Switching back over to you, the next item on your list was mentoring, particularly you had recently worked with an apprentice and then another recent hire at ThoughtBot, and you had found that really uh, engaging and interesting. So what are your thoughts on that front? I still love it. I mean, there's certainly a different level of stress that comes when you're mentoring someone and you feel responsible for their their growth and their progress. But yeah, absolutely. I'm still a fan. So this year I've done less one-on-one mentorship and I found my mentorship style has been applied more in uh, giving talks to groups of people. So with clients having more engineering discussions and then also giving presentations on topics that I'm passionate about, or it may be looking to improve processes and introduce ways to document best practices. So less one-on-one mentorship, but more of the other type of mentorship, but all in all, definitely still a fan. And it, it makes me sharper. That's, I think, very selfishly. That's one of the things I like about it best is the value that I derive from it. That's interesting, the the shift that you're describing towards more like group mentoring or or sort of knowledge sharing or things like that. Do you miss the one-on-one or is that something you'd want to return to? Or do you like the new sort of way that you've framed mentoring and, and sharing at this point in your career? That's an interesting question. I, I think I still really like both. Interesting, now that I'm just reflecting on this in the moment, I find the one-on-one mentorship a little more stressful in terms that I feel more responsible for like a, a path and a goal for that person. When it's in terms of like a group, I feel like there can be more conversation and other people can chime in. So I think it really just depends on the sort of energy that I'm interested in bringing because I I really do like both. And then which one I would favor would just depend on the capacity that I have. If I have more time to invest in one-on-one mentorship, then that's wonderful. But then otherwise, the group share does have some benefits where at times it feels a little easier and affects more people. So the next one is a fun one. Uh, and it's amusing me that this one's coming from you. It seems like something that I could have easily have included on my list for last year. Uh, it's Steph joining the bike shed. So Chris, how do you feel having Steph joined the bike shed for all of 2020? Ugh, it was awful. <laughs> hey. Hated it. <laughs> no, it was fantastic. Uh, continues to be one of my favorite things to do each week is sit down, chat with you and uh, catch up. And I, I really like the structure of the show now. Like we've had a couple of segments recently where I very sincerely brought a technical decision that I was weighing to you and was like, hey, what do you think? And I think it makes for better conversation, but it also like it's useful for me. So everybody wins, I think. But coming back to your commentary of it's interesting that this was on my list. When I said this last year, you very much replied with, well, I guess that's going to be on both of our lists because you joining the bike shed was something that you then reiterated that you had enjoyed. So I'll, I'll flip it around. How's 2020 bike shed podcasting been for you? I have also found it immensely valuable. Like I love our conversations and there are times during the week where I have like an idea that'll pop into my mind and then I'll write it down thinking like, oh, this would be really great to run by Chris and get your honest feedback or just a topic that I would love to dive into. So it's really nice to have this scheduled time for you and I to get a chat. And the fact that it happens to be behind microphones and other people get to listen, that's delightful. I'll be honest, there is a certain level of work that also goes into this because you and I care very deeply about this show and want it to be enjoyable and a fun escape for folks while also providing some useful technical knowledge. So there is a balance where like there are times where running the podcast and client work feels like it can be a little stressful, but ultimately it's something I really enjoy and I'm really proud of. Yeah, I definitely share all of those feelings. But overall, like you said, uh, something that I really, really enjoy and particularly getting to share this podcasting adventure with you has been fantastic. 
Tom will be so angry if I just play with these coins for the whole recording. So, Tom, what I'm going to do now is put them away. I need something in my hands, though, because otherwise I'm going to lose it. Nope. It's still too much sound. <clears throat> All right. I'll just have to be normal. Oh, yeah. But I also agree with not trying to do it right now so my brain doesn't fizzle with yep. smoke. <laughs> oh, that's what smoke does. It fizzles. Uh-huh. See, it's already <laughs> happened. Because for a while I felt the pain of where I didn't have a, enough tools to find a way to work collaboratively. collaboratively to work collaboratively. I can't say that word. To work with others. Be like, what are you talking about? The poor birds. Ah. That's probably pre-roll now. <clears throat> What, what year are we in? What's going on? We're in April. <laughs> what year are we in? The answer is April. <laughs> okay, Steph. That's the year. Throw me. Throw the ball. I will catch it, maybe. I'm not good at sports. <laughs> duck, duck, go. Do you say taco? I said duck, duck, go, because that's what Tom uses to search the internet, and it appeared as a big thing on his face. So now I've seen the thing that you were talking about earlier. Now I understand the truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still ended up rambling there. You're a rambler. You're the keyboard kid. That's what they do. They ramble. <laughs> yeah, all right. Now find the best way to say this, Christopher. You just full named yourself. <laughs> I did. <laughs> let's try. Let's try it one more time and see if we can get a better one. I also like when mine are shorter because I think I sound stupid. So I like when yours <laughs> overlaps around mine, but. That's just again I'll me start getting saying up in my mine head. really short just no, to you undermine go really, you. No, 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 ruinous. Uh, <clears throat> bye. bye. Cool. Well, neat. Uh, <laughs> that all sounds really snarky. I don't like any of it. <laughs> <laughs> So pivoting on to our next item in the list, the thing that you brought up was prettier and auto formatting. So you still a fan or did you stop that and rip it all out of every config that you have? <laughs> I definitely wouldn't rip it out of every config. I'm still a huge fan of prettier. I really love opinionated code formatters because that's something I don't want to have to think about. And I also really enjoyed working on Prettier Ruby with Kevin Newton. It's something that we were meeting every Friday for a while to just sort of pair on for about 30 minutes. It was myself, Kevin, and Ryan Hunter. And we were syncing up and we were pairing once a week for about 30 minutes on Prettier Ruby. Really enjoyed it, but other things in life just kind of got in the way and I didn't really have time to work on a side project. The exciting news is that Kevin's still very much working on the project and version one has dropped. So that's really exciting. And I'm looking forward to carving out some time in 2021 to pick up that project again. Yeah, thank you to you and to Kevin and to everyone else who's been involved in Prettier Ruby and Prettier more generally, because I also am uh, just a huge fan of it. Prettier Ruby is a new thing to my uh, tool set this year, but it's been a really great addition. Like I recognize how much I was missing it in Ruby code because everything else now has Prettier, but like Svelte has it. At this point, everything I use has Prettier and man, do I love that. So thanks, everyone. All right. So next on your list was Elm. Where do you stand on Elm? Uh, Elm. I love Elm. I love it very, very much. I wish I was using it more. Uh, unfortunately, I would say 2020 has been entirely devoid of Elm. It's still something that I have in my tool set. It's still something that if the right shape of projects were to come along that I would reach for. But increasingly, I think I'm not finding that right shape of project or I'm choosing to 
structure systems in a way that Elm isn't necessarily the right thing. But if I had something that was, again, very complex front-end UI, lots of state manipulation, that kind of stuff, Elm, the correctness of it, the ability to refactor to wildly change data structures and make sure that the rest of it all works, uh, I just love that. Also, Elm is just, it really informs how I think about everything, probably more than any other programming language or paradigm or anything like that. Elm has sort of changed me for the better. So while I don't use it as much right now, and maybe will never again, I love Elm. I recommend it to everyone, at least to try it out for a little while. That's my Elm story. I can relate. I also have not gotten to work with Elm this year. And while that saddens me, I also feel like the time that I have spent working with it has changed me for the better. And now we're going to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore Total Visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Bikeshed. That's B-I-K-E-S-H-E-D, all one word. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash Bikeshed. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring this episode of The Bike Shed. All right, sending it back over to you. Your next item on the list was Code Hospitality, which was both the specific name of a talk by Nadia Odwayo, but also more generally the theme of how do we welcome people into code bases and onto teams. So is that still a theme for you? Is that still something you're focusing on? Have you experienced it? Have you tried to provide that? Where are you at? Oh my gosh, I still love this talk so freaking much. And I also love Nadia Odwayo on Twitter. So she is working on her own application and she does a phenomenal job of asking questions in public and then helping others. So yes, I'm just in generally a huge fan of Nadia, but also specifically Code Hospitality. Uh, if you haven't watched this talk, uh, we'll include a link to it in the show notes, but it is something that I still carry forward and consider of high importance whenever I'm working with a team. All right. So next on the list is testing library in quotes. So testing library suite. I actually don't remember this one. So this was Kent C. Dodds introduced React testing library, which then I think got renamed to testing library slash React. And then there's a whole collection of them. So there's testing library React, Vue, Svelte, et cetera. I think there's a Cypress one. So it's a whole collection of libraries in the JavaScript world for running tests in a very user-centric sort of way. So it's very much driving from the outside in, but at the low level of components in React or Vue or any of those. Uh, and I just really like the ethos of the whole library or the whole suite of them. Um, I have not actually used it too much this year. I only used it on one project. It was great on that one project. And again, I really love the idea that it represents. It's another thing like Elm where it's sort of I carry those ideas back with me when I'm doing any other testing. But yeah, only use it on one project. It was great then. I would love to use it more, but haven't actually pushed on it too much this year. 
I can ride my bike with no handlebars. Why do I start to say things that I don't know? Because <laughs> you can't know everything. You got to Michael Scott it and sometimes just hope the, <laughs> the rest of the railroad tracks will be built by the time your <laughs> train gets there. Oh my God, I didn't realize I'm like Michael Scott. That's just, I got to stop and reflect on my life. We're now all that a little Michael Scott, out. but hopefully we're also some Penguin and some Jim and maybe some Dwight. He's very um, capable in certain ways. So, anyway, Chris does intro. I am Chris. I will do the intro. Yeah, that all sounds accurate to me. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted my opinion, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. That's recorded now. That was smart. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Something that I'm definitely always thinking about, and I don't want to say that. So I feel like I just, I, you know, Stephanie, you can say short sentences. It's okay. You don't have to ramble. I'm going to like just lecture myself for a moment. So this I need to remember fantastic. this. Fantastic. <laughs> Stephanie can be succinct. It's fine. <laughs> Let's do it one more time, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like I, I very much Michael Scott of that one. I was like, I know I'm gonna have words when I get there. I'm not used to you freezing up. <laughs> That's a Stephanie move. <laughs> I've had the opportunity to pick your. No, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm picking brains. It's weird. You can pick your friends. You can pick your brain, but you can't pick your friends' brains. And then that's going to be Harfarter. <laughs> Are you sure you're not drinking? Woo, I know, right? I want a cinnamon bun real bad now. I'm sorry, it's so good. That's fine. <laughs> or we'll just continue and you'll just be a weird robot person. It's weird because you seem, you seem perfectly fine to me. Well, thanks. That's the sort of compliment you're, I'm you're looking welcome. for on any given day of the week. Rated perfectly fine. Stephanie doesn't have the show notes up, but she's getting them right now. So please hold on. Oh, I should know this by heart. This show is produced and edited by Tom Obarski. It's really, it's one of the easy lines. Shut up, man. Happy to express my opinions and get you to do the thing that I want. Ah, you froze. Oh, no. I think you just dropped a little sass, but you broke up. Ah, oh, did the sass fall into the ether? It fell into the ether. Fun. I missed it. Or how I've worked with it in whale. <laughs> In Wales. Uh, in Wales. <laughs> uh. All right, sending it back over to you. Your final item was single level of abstraction, which is a very abstract concept to have as your final item on the list. But here we are. Still important? Still important. Uh, similar to when we we're talking about Elm, how it's changed us for the better. I feel that single level of abstraction and keeping that in mind has really helped shape not just when I'm writing code, but also when I'm writing test. Specifically, switching between levels of abstraction makes code harder to read. So I really keep that in mind for whoever's going to be reading my code next. And it helps me identify when the code that I'm writing could be extracted perhaps into another class, into private methods, so then I can help the reader follow along in the story and similar for a test. So one can example would be like if you have a feature level test and you are writing it from the user perspective where they are clicking around on buttons and links, but then you have a next step that really like dives down into the details of like the mechanics of how the application works. So you just jumped a number of levels of abstraction there. And then the reader has to follow along going from like, oh, I'm a user clicking around in the app to like now I'm in developer mode and I'm mucking around underneath the hood. So I try to keep that in mind as I'm writing code and test. So yes, I'm still a very big fan of single level of abstraction. All right. And then the finale for our top 10 list for 2019 was TypeScript. 
Yeah, TypeScript absolutely still in the mix. It's been interesting to watch how the community has continued to grow and TypeScript has really taken over so much of the community's thinking around how we should be building things. At this point, I'm generally not going to be working on JavaScript if it's not actually TypeScript. So yeah, it's absolutely still there. Uh, I've worked with it on every project that I've worked on this year. So that's been pleasant. And it seems at this point like it's more and more, that's just the way we write JavaScript. At least that's my experience. I know that's not entirely true, but increasingly it does seem like that's the case and mostly very enjoyable. I will take it. I will, I will say it that way. Elm is still, you know, my preferred way to have a type system. But if you need to meet JavaScript where it is, TypeScript does an absolutely amazing job at that. So yes, TypeScript definitely still in the mix. Are you, uh, I don't know if this uh, is I'm just talking to myself. Okay. Yeah. No, this is, this is a sidebar. <laughs> this is just for us. This is just for us. I mean, I mean you're just a real jerk. What else can you say? <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's on the record, if nothing else. <laughs> I want, Tom, if you're listening, which I know you are, can you save me that little snippet? Can I just have a copy of that for whenever there's an interaction that warrants it? I just can like have a Steph soundboard. Everybody thinks we get along that. so well. And the truth. <laughs> Let's get into this. All right. Chris, are we friends? <clears throat> this is the question. <laughs> I want the document on air. Are we friends? Or are we dancer? Uh, I, I hope we're both. I hope we're friends and dancer. <laughs> Oh, let me stop. I'm glad you said that. I try. Drop. Shut them down. Open up shop. Oh. You're just trying to goad me into singing, Tom. I know what you're doing. I see through you. The relevant song there, Honey Honey, as it were, came on. So. How's that one go? I don't know. I forgot the words and, <laughs> and the tune and the lyrics and the emotional state. Context before and or after. I forget anything incriminating. A lot of cases... Eh, I can. <clears throat> I'm gonna say that differently because that's a weird just sound to make. <laughs> I'm a lawnmower racer and I'm a man about nonsense, just who I am. And I'm at S. Vicari. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> Did I say it weird? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I was. I just my brain went squirrel and was reading something. <laughs> the chainsawing of the ice isn't survival, but the like you know the wielding of the chainsaw that, that seems beneficial. I'm sorry, how did it go? Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Wait, so you only have one blooper of me? I'm confused. I feel well, like that's I'm definitely something. not true. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I'm professional. I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could switch it up one day, see if anybody notices. We can't. I'm Chris Toomey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to not do a bye because I feel extra weird. Bye. Well, it looks like our retro is running a bit longer than anticipated, but I hope you all enjoyed that look back on where we started the year and some of the bloopers along the way. So from the bike shed, we'd like to wish you all happy holidays and we'll leave you with the tease that next week, not only will we be wishing you a happy new year, but we'll be digging out the positives from this year and revealing our top 10 things of 2020. So with that, shall we wrap up? Let's wrap up. Show notes for this episode can be found at bikeshed.fm. The show is produced and edited by Tom Obarski. If you enjoyed listening, one really easy way to support the show is to leave us a quick rating or even a review in iTunes as it really helps other folks find the show. If you have any feedback for this or any of our other episodes, you can reach us at at underscore bike shed or reach me at S on Twitter. And I'm at Chris Toomey. Or host at bikeshed.fm via email. Thanks so much for listening to the bike shed and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> la 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 la. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. 
ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner. Let's make your product and team a success.